informatics. Informatics. Informatics? Public health informatics. You know, informatics does sound like a sort of confusing, mystifying term. Okay, we need to have a better definition for public health informatics. Get the right information to the right person at the right time. Public health informatics is not IT. We, the informatics people, are going to bring you the data and the tool. Oh my god, he said informatics. Where business processes meet people meet technology. Welcome to Inform Me Informatics. I'm Jessica Hill, and I'm super excited to be joined on the microphone today by our producer, Piper Hale. Hey, Piper. Hey, Jessica. So, Piper, you actually are the person who got to interview our very special guest for this episode. Yes, that's right. So, last month, I got to sit down with Therese Hoyle, who is an IAS consultant and former IAS manager for the Michigan Care Improvement Registry called MICR. Therese has worked in the field of immunization information systems for over 20 years, so I was really excited to talk with her about how the field has changed in that time and new developments she sees on the horizon. I'm excited for listeners to get to listen to this conversation with Therese, but before we dive in, I heard you use the term IIS, and I also heard you say immunization information systems, so I'm kind of figuring that those are the same thing, but could you just clarify what is an IIS? That is a great question. So in an earlier episode of the podcast, we talked to Mary Beth Carrillo, and in that episode, we talked a little bit about what an IIS is, but as a refresher, if I may borrow some language from the CDC website, an immunization information system is a confidential computerized database that records all immunization doses that providers administer to individuals. So basically, providers can look up a person's immunization record through the IAS, which can then help them determine if a person needs certain vaccines or other clinical decisions. And at the population level, IAS provide aggregate data for surveillance and other public health activities. And most states have their own IAS. Yeah, they're usually based on geographic regions. Right, exactly. And so they're kind of a big deal in public health. Yes, IAS are kind of a big deal in public health. And Therese is kind of a big deal in the world of IIS, which is part of why I was so excited to talk with her. So I started out by asking Therese how she started working in IIS in the mid-90s. You know, it was really amazing because I used to work HIV and AIDS, and I worked in community health. And when I left there, I actually took the summer off and started looking for work in public health. And this immunization registry job was in the paper. I had no idea about immunizations or registries. And I applied, and when I was interviewed, one of the interviewees said, what do you know about computers? And I said, I know Word. (laughs) And he said, that's great. (laughs) And he said, anything else? I said, no, that's about it. So it was really exciting because the IIS was in business requirement stage. And so it hadn't been developed. I had no idea what we were talking about because I had never seen one. And so we were developing marketing materials to sell something that we didn't even know if it worked. So it was exciting. It was cutting edge. And I learned about immunizations, which I had no idea how complicated they were to, you know, to learn about it. 
But uh, my favorite story about immunizations is the public health nurses on the governance board, a couple of them worked in HIV and AIDS, and I knew them. And I remember saying to them, oh, this is going to be such a great job. It won't be political at all, <laughs> not knowing, because HIV was so political, you know, in the 90s, early 90s. And it was sort of like I was going to take a deep breath and not worry about politics, just public health. Oops. Yep. <laughs> it was a wonderful start to my career. And this was at the Michigan IIS? Michigan IIS, and it was called Michigan Childhood Immunization Registry then. And I worked in Kalamazoo at a regional level. And I trained over five counties, and I just went door to door. So I started in 96, and in 99, I was hired at the state and became the state coordinator, and I did that for nine years. There was no, like, how to do things. You just sort of, you know, tried. I am amazed at all the different health systems out there and public health, the large public health databases. And one thing about immunizations is that provider, that private provider partnership. You know, a lot of databases don't have the connection like we do to private providers, and we're not collecting data just for surveillance, we're giving them a tool to use for clinical decision making, and that makes a huge difference. So I think we're very unique, and I think that's truly why our participation levels are so high. We are of value. We're not a one-way feed. We're giving back data, and I think that's very important. Yeah, I hear a lot of public health programs talking about wanting to build these bi-directional information exchanges with yeah. private practice and how they, you know, want to establish these kind of programs. And I'm thinking, IIS has been doing this for a decade. Maybe talk to these guys. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like they know we're out there, but other public health programs sometimes don't have the knowledge of how much we do. They just know that providers participate and that we store immunization records, but we're so comprehensive and we offer so much more in many cases than immunizations today. So you've been in the field for much longer than a lot of IAS folks that I meet. So I was wondering if you could tell me some of the changes you've seen in that time. What are some of the really significant changes that have been going on in IAS since you started? I think the first change is people accepting the internet to store health data. And when we first started, I have to admit, we were so afraid of the internet. (laughs) So in 1996, it was great to be able to email, but to have to store personal health information was so far from our thinking that we were still at that mode of how do we store it securely on a database and we were installing software and we knew that this internet was out there and a possibility but providers didn't have it so we had to use dial-up modems and then when we went to the internet providers didn't jump on board so they still use the old modem dial-up very slow connection and then as more and more providers purchased internet services, then they were scared about staff time on the internet. So it became a barrier. So we really had to get past trust, you know, trusting the internet, trusting the employee. So we had to force people to the internet, even like five years later, which would have been around 2007. There were still providers who just would not go. But today, 
I think the most exciting thing that I see is how providers are really engaged in exchanging data electronically and querying and being able to have that data come back into their EHR. And I used to talk about this 15 years ago, hoping we could do this, knowing technically we could, but could we get the equipment in the offices to do it basically? Interoperability has been great. I think that's the best, the best thing for the immunization world. So switching gears a little bit, as you know, there have been some outbreaks of measles in Minnesota. And I'm, I'm wondering, what is your reaction when you hear about these outbreaks? Part of my career, I was able to participate and serve on the board of directors for Every Child by Two. So I really began to notice the communication it takes to reach the, the parents that just are so afraid of vaccinating their children. And it concerns me a great deal to see the outbreaks today's time. I do see where young parents don't see this anymore, this disease, and I truly feel that because it's not visible anymore, that we're doing such a good job preventing it, that they don't think it's there. I do feel ISIS have a big role in it. One thing, in Michigan, we were really fortunate because the IAS is in all the schools and daycare. And the investigators that we have during an outbreak, they live on the IIS. And so do our field staff, our immunization field staff. And they, to me, they have taught me, like, what is the best way to look at the data and how they need the data quickly and efficiently. But they also work with the providers and take the data from what they discover from the school to work in the community to locate records in case they're missing. And so to me, that truly has helped that if people don't use their IIS for surveillance purposes in an outreach, they're missing the boat. They just have to. And some people are afraid they don't have enough data, but it doesn't matter if you, you have just a little bit of data, it saves that much time that you can at least reach as many children and look at their records and then do the paper trail after. It will reduce your work by 50% probably. So I just, I think the surveillance piece of the IIS is really what we have to do. What are you most excited about for the future of IIS? I love consumer access right now. I think we are getting there and we're so good at reaching providers, but now to reach the parents is so important and to reach in just individuals, just anybody with consumer access. I see consumer access is really big. I see the cloud environment as another really good move, I think, for a lot of IISs. I also see the possibility way down the road of regionalizing the registries. They're very expensive to operate. And a lot of people who, are, who I talk to, I'd say the age group 35 and under. The first question they have is, why do we have all these systems? Why don't we have just one? They don't understand the, the complexities of 20 years of just trying to get these, you know, 64 up and running. But I agree. I think we're moving into a, to a time where people are comfortable with their data in the cloud, on a server, not necessarily government-based. But they understand that I think a regional IIS could happen. So, and I'd like to see that. I think it would save money. And I think the state, our community works so well together, they could make it happen. That's a, a very inspiring vision for the future. <laughs> I love it. So you're very embedded in public health and the immunization information system world. Right. 
So I'm wondering, has there ever been a time outside of your work when you saw public health informatics in action just in your daily life? So in February, when my grandson was born, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> he, my daughter and son-in-law, went to a visit at five days, and they brought home the immunization record of Dimitri was in the registry, so his birth record went in, his first hepatitis B, and that's what he was handed. And I thought to myself, I remember working on this 20 years ago thinking, wouldn't it be nice if parents were given <laughs> that first record? And, you know, we had to get that birth record load going. We had to get the hepatitis B shot in from the hospital. And today it's just common practice. It's the standard of care. So I was very proud. How yes. did it feel to see the system that you've poured so much energy and attention to over the years directly touch the life of someone you love oh it was just amazing and I said to Monique did you ask for that (laughs) she said no mom I get it every time I go in they told me every time you come you'll receive your immunization record and she has for every visit so this is a question that Jessica who's usually doing the interviews asks all of our guests Uh, it's kind of a big one so how do you define informatics it's the knowledge an understanding of how data is collected, how it's processed. And when I say processed, I mean the edit checks, the quality component of it, and then how it's stored in the security, and then how do you retrieve it to make it useful? So it's really, to me, the understanding of how that workflow works, and then understanding the end user who has to use it. So. It's a little bit of computer science, it's a little bit of health education, but in the long run, it's really about the outcomes. And you're always focused on a a good outcome, whether it's a health outcome or if it's a business outcome. It's how that data comes into your system and how you can manage it and use it for good outcomes. Many, many thanks to Therese Hoyle for taking the time out of her busy schedule to be interviewed for our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your perspectives on how IAS have changed over time and what we can expect in the future. This podcast is a project of the Public Health Informatics Institute and the Informatics Academy. Visit phii.org to learn more about the Institute and all of our awesome informatics work. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at phinformatics. And if you like the show, please consider rating us on iTunes. That helps other people find the podcast. And as always, thanks go to our production team, especially our producer, Piper Hale. That's you. That's me. I'm Jessica Hill. And I'm Piper Hale. And you've been informed. Thank you so much, Therese. I will now release you to go eat pizza. (laughs) Thanks, Piper.